joining Hello, my love. Welcome to the Asian Women Mean Business podcast, hosted by me, Rupinda Kaur. I will share tools, tips, and experiences to help make your life easier, bolder, and happier. We will bring in guests who have lessons to share about life, purpose, and relationships, and how they overcome their challenges to create a life that they are proud of. My hope is that each episode will shine more light on your life and help you gain clarity on who you are, recognize your strengths, to empower you to become a powerful woman. Someone who knows her worth, who is confident about herself and her identity. A woman who is willing to evolve to become the best version of herself, not just for her, but for future generations. Are you ready? Well, let's get started with this week's episode. Hi, welcome to another episode of Asian Women Mean Business. So I'm turning 40 this month. I'm not quite sure when that happened or how it happened. I'm pretty sure it was just yesterday that I had my 30th. I was 20 weeks pregnant with my daughter there and heading into the 30s with the same optimism and hope. I feel now actually leaving this decade and heading into another, but clearly it wasn't yesterday, not even close, a whole decade. I can even think back further and remember my 21st and my 18th. And honestly, I know this sounds like a cliche, but those memories are so clear that it really does feel not that long ago. So when I think that it's been 20 years or 30 years, it just sounds incredible. But I've got more wrinkles, I've gained more pounds, and guess what? I've gained more wisdom. So as an ode to turning 40 and having you lovelies by my side, listening to this podcast, reading my blogs, giving all the love and support you do on social media, I thought I'd share 40 things I've learned in my 40 years. So number one, I have learned that all storms in our life pass. It is not the enduring of them that makes our life a success, but who they turn us into, how that experience shapes us and moulds us. I embrace them now, knowing they are part of the tapestry of life and form the collective experience of how rich and substantive our life is. I used to always think storms are about just kind of battening down the hatches, getting your head down and getting through them. And I never really paid attention to the person that I was becoming as I went through them. But now I've realised that these storms come in our life to shape us, to mould us, to make it, to help us become the people that we're destined to become. And it's only through those storms that we can become those people. So while I wouldn't say I embrace them, I definitely embrace the experience. And I, the one thing I ask myself is, what are you here to teach me? What am I here to learn from this experience? Number two, people will argue for their own limitations in life. Don't limit yourself because you believe you can't achieve your dreams. Your attitude and consistency will determine if you reach your potential. I remember 15 years ago when I got married and relocated to London and I was applying for jobs. And, you know, having spent the early part of my career in the West Midlands where there was a certain salary bracket for certain jobs, it was inevitable that I was going to make a leap having moved to London, having just completed my master's. 
But actually, I had such a limiting mindset and belief around what my earning potential was. I remember I remember really vividly having an almost an argument with my husband because he was telling me that I was aiming too low and that I should go higher. I remember arguing with him saying, you don't understand. This is HR. It's not banking, which is the world he was in. I won't be able to earn that much money. But here's the thing. Within two years, I had doubled, if not tripled my my salary. I was earning far more than I thought was possible. And I could have got to that place a lot sooner. But I really argued for my limitation. I really believed that as a girl from inner city Wolverhampton, despite my qualifications, that this was all I was going to be able to earn because I'd put a cap on my own potential I don't do that anymore, clearly, and I encourage other women not to do that as well. Number three, I've learned to be vulnerable. It takes a lot of strength and courage to be vulnerable, and you will feel incredibly uncomfortable. Thinking about the definition of vulnerable as being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or mentally, is it any wonder most of us are so fearful to be vulnerable? The process will leave you feeling raw and naked. You will want to run for the hills or hide in a cave. You may even want to bury your head in the sand, but do it anyway. It will open your world, your connections and your growth to another level. Number four, I've learnt that I'm an introvert and I'm okay with that. I don't need to be around people all the time. I love my own company and have never felt lonely by myself but have often felt alone when with the wrong group of people. I now recognise that I need to always factor in time for myself to rest and recharge by myself so that I can give my full energy to others that I serve, I'm in relationships with and interact with. For a long time, I thought you had to be an extrovert to be successful in business and career. I thought you had to be vicarious and quite loud. And, and I am all those things. Um, But my natural positioning is that I am an introvert. I can be quite quiet. I like to observe. And that's what feels right for me. So now that I've embraced that and I understand that I need time for myself, it's been an absolute game changer. Number five, I have learned that this present moment is all that truly exists. All those concerns and plans about the future, the replaying of things that have happened in the past, it's all in our heads. It serves no purpose other than distract from fully living right now. I'm learning, as it's a work in progress, perhaps a lifetime's work, to let go of all of that and stay focused on what I'm doing right at this moment. Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, which I read every year, really brought this message home to me. I cannot recommend that book enough. It's life-enhancing and life-changing. Number six, I have learned to surrender expectations. When we have an expectation of something, a person, an experience, a holiday destination, a job, a book, a film, anything really, you are putting it into a predetermined, prejudged box that has very little to do with reality. You are setting up an ideal version of how it should be and then trying to fit the actual raw, honest reality into this ideal box you will be disappointed. Instead, I try to experience reality as it is, appreciate it for what it is, and be happy that it is. Number seven, I've learned that Eleanor Roosevelt was spot on when she said, small minds discuss people, average minds discuss events, great minds discuss ideas. 
I understand there is value in gossip. It can help you make friends and you can bond over something very quickly. But that is not how I choose to live my life. If I'm in company and the only thing to discuss is other people, for me, that is a sure sign that I've outgrown the relationship and the dynamics of that person. I want to discuss bigger issues, world affairs, spirituality, books, ideas. That's what gives me energy and makes me feel good. Gossiping is the equivalent of consuming junk food. It may feel good in the moment, but always feels greasy, uneasy and uncomfortable later. Number eight, I've learned that mistakes are the best way to learn. I'm not afraid to make them. There is no one on earth who has not made a mistake unless they have lived so carefully but that by default they have not truly lived. Try not to repeat the same ones too often though and listen to feedback from others. Number nine, I've learned that we live in a world of infinite possibility and we create our reality by choosing our attitude, outlook and energy. We can live in love, abundance, security, and the knowledge that we are always being supported and guided to the greatest outcome in all situations, or live in fear, scarcity, bitterness, and resentment. The choice is ours. We choose our outlook to life, and we choose to frame the experiences we have that support that outlook in the way we see them. Number 10, I've learned that there is huge value and camaraderie in finding your people. I no longer compromise on this. Find the people who get you, who accept you for you, who have the same interests and passions. They will help you to rise and shine. To be at your best, you need to surround yourself with people and tools to make you better. Your community should uplift you, cheer for you and inspire you. And if they don't, find a new community. Number 11, I have also learned that relationships will change. It is normal and inevitable to outgrow some friendships and relationships. Not everyone will stay in your life. Make peace with that and release with grace. Life is like a train journey and people will get on and off at various points. Ultimately, the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. And for me, the one I have with my creator. Number 12, I have learned that failures are okay. They are the stepping stones to success. Without failure, how will we ever learn how to succeed? Life is all about the contrast. The only way to avoid failure is not to try. And that's failure in itself. So ask every failure, and this is what I do with every failure, every crisis, every difficult time. I say, what is there here to teach me? And as soon as you get the lesson, you get to move on. If you really get the lesson, you pass and you don't have to repeat the class. If you don't get the lesson, it shows up wearing another pair of pants or skirt to give you some remedial work. That's a quote by Oprah. Number 13. I have learned that life is working for me and you and not against us. Everything happens is for my best interests, for me to raise my consciousness. We ask for strength and yet moan and begrudge the tough times that bring that outcome. We ask for true friends and yet feel resentful when we are shown the true colours of people. Embrace it all. Life is great. Number 14. 
I have learned that a good walk in nature cures most problems. Feeling overwhelmed, go for a walk. Want to lose weight and get healthy, go for a walk. Want to spend less money but need to get out of the house, go for a walk. Having problems that you can't seem to solve, walk and it will clear your head. Feel stuck and lack creativity, go for a walk. Ideas will swim into your head. Number 15. I've learned that gratitude is one of the best ways to find contentment and the quickest way to shift your energy into a positive place. We are often discontented in our lives and desire more because we don't really recognize how much we truly have. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, be grateful for the amazing gifts you have been given, loved ones and simple pleasures. Health and sight and the gift of culture, music, books, nature and the beauty that is all around us. The ability to create and having everything in between. Be grateful every day. Either write it down or mentally go through 10 things that you are grateful for. You get more of what you express gratitude for. And all the research in this area shows the same. There has been research done by the University of California that shows that if you express gratitude for 21 days in a row, there is a direct correlation to your happiness levels. And the increase in happiness levels lasts for six months. Who wouldn't take those odds? Number 16, I've learned not to sit too much. Our bodies are designed for movement. Move, dance, run, play. If you can't do anything physical because of health reasons, then go to a Bowen therapist, a reflexologist, an acupuncturist, um, a Reiki master. Do something that will move the energy in your body. Stagnant energy in our body is not good. It needs to be released and the flow maintained. Number 17, I have learned to unequivocally without hesitation, trust my intuition. So what is intuition really? Intuition is a knowing, an inner knowing that cannot be explained by facts or rational thought, but through a deep inner feeling. It's those, I feel it in my gut and something doesn't feel quite right moments that you can't always explain why. It's our soul's way of protecting and guiding us. Honour the voice within you. I remember I, I used to find it really difficult to trust my intuition because I think as a society and as a community, we have such, such preference for rational thought, for evidence, for science, that it was quite difficult to trust this inner knowing until someone once said to me, they said, that intuition, that inner knowing is our guru, is our Guru Nanak's voice. And to not listen to that voice is to dishonor that voice and that for me was it that's when it all changed it on its head and if perhaps you have a guru perhaps you have a creator perhaps you have something that you believe in or maybe you just believe that divinity resides in us all and humanity resides in us all your intuition is that inner voice that is linked to that number 18 i have learned to expand my mind with education and not entertainment reading, listening to podcasts, speaking to people that I wouldn't normally speak to, listening to a talk, talk show, radio show to expose myself to different opinions and ideas. I don't want to live in an echo chamber. There is nothing new to be learnt from that. So one of the things that when Brexit happened here in the UK, um, as a 
active Remainer. I just couldn't get my head around why people would choose to leave the EU. So one of the things I started to do was listening to radio talk shows, listen to um, different voices to try to understand their opinion, their voice, and understand why they would do that. And while I don't agree with their positioning, it has certainly given me an insight into what drives their actions. Number 19, I have learned to say no in an elegant and graceful way. If I don't want to go to an event, I send my apologies and wish them well in a polite way. Always remember an invite is a request, not a summons. You don't have to go anywhere that you don't want to be, especially if you don't feel it will be beneficial to your mental, emotional or physical health. This might sound really strange, but growing up, I actually never saw my mum or many other women that I was surrounded with saying no. That's not a word that was in my psyche. So actually, I grew up thinking that we had to say yes to everything, which sounds ridiculous now. And it's only when I've realised the negative impact of that on my health, my well-being, of putting myself into situations and places that I don't need to be at because I didn't say no or workload I didn't need to take on, that I realised I really needed to learn how to say no. So now I do it in a very graceful and elegant way because that was the other thing for me. I thought you, if you said no, it had to be done in quite an aggressive way. These are the stories that we tell ourselves. But over the last few years, I've really been able to lean into that and say it in a way that feels good for me, but doesn't leave the, the person who, who was asking and making a request or inviting me feel any less significant or wanted or loved. And number 20 is I have learned that children are our mirrors and reflect back to us all the good and negative that we have in ourselves. And that is an incredible lesson. So my daughter calls me and everyone else out on our hypocrisies. She makes her disappointment in us well known. If I don't walk the talk, she lets me know. And I see that in her behaviour. So it's really interesting because if we say we want to make certain things a priority, we see that in our children and we see them reflecting back to us what we consider to be our priorities and our values. And sometimes we don't, I don't like what I see because it is that mirror that is being held back to me. But then it's up to me to make those changes. It's up to me to do the inner work and reflect back what I want our lives to look at. So I'm going to stop there. That's the top 20 lessons I've learned. So this is a part of um, a blog that I've wrote and some reflections that I've done. 40 lessons in 40 years. I will do a follow up in part two with the remaining 20 lessons. But I'd love to hear from you. What have been your learnings? How have you celebrated your milestone birthday? Have you had an opportunity to do something like this? If you haven't, I really encourage you to do so. And don't worry if it's not a milestone birthday, you can do it at any point. So you know, if you're turning 32, 32 lessons you've learned in 32 years, if it's 34, if it's 44, if it's 48, take the opportunity and reflect on what you've learned and everything that's got you to this point. It's such a useful exercise. I've loved sitting down and doing this, but I'll catch you in part two as I go through 21 to 40. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Do subscribe, leave a review and share. It would mean the world to me.